This is Out of the Ordinary, the podcast that explores topics and stories that are, well, out of the ordinary. In this podcast, I will tell a story that could be crazy, odd, mysterious, intriguing, or just plain weird to my co-hosts and to you, the audience. We could cover topics from crazy conspiracy theories, to true crime, to unexplained mysteries, to curious places and events, or maybe just some intriguingly strange stories. I am your host, Sean Bruno. Settle in with me as we delve into today's enticing story that is certainly out of the ordinary. So for today's story, I'm here with my co-host, Dan Runyon. All right, you, you can say hi, Dan. Hey! <laughs> and my other co-host, Kyle Friedman. Howdy. Now, we are all from the wonderful and totally normal state of New Jersey. So I figured for our first episode, it would be a great idea to explore a story that happened in our very own state. Today, I will be telling the infamous story of Action Park. Baby, let me take you where the action's hot. So Action Park was an amusement park, and water park, built on a ski resort in Vernon Township, New Jersey. I used to ski up there. Did you? I did. It was Creek. O- yeah, it's it's not far from uh, High Point. I think you, you, you guys have been there. That's right. That's up in northern New Jersey, not too far from New York. So it attracted a lot of people from the state of New York and from the state of New Jersey. Action Park was opened in 1978 by Great American Recreation. This park would lead to six fatalities before it was closed in 1996. So it was open for 18 years before they decided, hey, this place is, uh, maybe it shouldn't be open anymore. So there were <laughs> six fatalities in 18 years. Yeah, six fatalities in 18 years. That what's seems the... like above the normal limit. Yeah, what's, what's, the, what's the average for uh, amusement park deaths? I don't, know what, I don't know what the average is. I mean, I work at an amusement park, and I think that that's been open since 1969. And we have had, uh, I think, two people die. See, that's huh. a better average. That is a better average. From 1987 to 2000, there were an estimated 4.5 amusement amusement ride related deaths per year. So, I'd say. Did you look that up? Yeah, I just googled it. Age of information, baby. Well, there you go. So, yeah, that's not great by the average standards. Six deaths in 18 years for one amusement park. Yeah, I would say. The idea going into the creation of this park was that guests should be able to control their own experience on every attraction, which meant that guests had more control over their own ride than the actual ride attendee, so the guests would control how fast or slow the ride could go, or even the direction the ride was going in. You could see with that mentality why things went wrong. That's that's where everything crumbled, huh? Good gimmick, but uh, yeah, not the best for safety, maybe? Looking for a great place for the family this summer? Well, Action Park has 75 of the wildest, wettest family rides in the world just minutes away. The action never stops at Action Park. So the park had three areas, the Alpine Center, Motor World, and Water World. The Alpine Slide was responsible for the park's first death. It was a 2,700-foot-long fiberglass and concrete slide built on a ski slope, and it was underneath of the ski lift. Just imagine sliding down this slide. I like a good concrete slide. Don't forget the fiberglass. Yeah, you'd slide down on little sleds 
that had a brake accelerator, a brake and accelerator controls on them. Wow. And by the way, the brakes never worked. <laughs> it's good. For, it's a good thought, though. It was also underneath of a ski lift. So sure. and they would use the ski lift like people would go up to the top of huh. this ride on the ski lift. So, yeah. Dan, we've been skiing before. How often do people drop stuff on the ski lifts? I would say quite frequently. So, yeah, uh, you can imagine people just getting hit in the head with pelted with beer cans. Sure. <laughs> pelted with beer cans. God. So yeah, with it being a concrete and fiberglass slide that had guests riding down on sleds that had brakes that didn't work, you could see how people would probably fall off pretty often on that. People often fell off the slide or sled and received large gashes and abrasions. And that's unfortunately how the first death happened. It was a 19-year-old boy who died after flying off the track on a turn and hitting a rock. Oh, that's awful. <laughs> that, that'll do it. And apparently this ride had another death that was not on record oh some kids apparently snuck in after hours to ride it Ah. and they got killed doing it so there's a couple cases like that where people either make up a story that somehow someone else died at the park and they just didn't record it yeah there's a lot of off-record deaths that could be real or could be fake at this place lots of conjecture that ride also contributed to at least 26 other serious head injuries and 14 fractures good record so far yeah, I'm liking those numbers, you know? <laughs> Did they have helmets or anything for you? Were there any safety features? Yeah. I do not think that they wore helmets. I could be mistaken. But as far as from what I read, there was pretty much no safety features. You just kind of sat on this slide. They gave you a brake control that didn't work. And they just said, all right, there you go. Have fun. I looked into it more and I found that there were very few safety features. One source said that helmets were available but not required, and another source said that they didn't have any helmets available at all. So I'm going to go ahead and assume that no one wore a helmet on this ride. Also, due to the dangers of the sharp turns, they decided to put in hay bales, of all things, to cushion the fall of any airborne humans. I guess that's better than nothing, though. I'm imagining one of those plastic carts that they give you in uh, elementary school gym with the four wheels on the bottom. Roll around on the floor. Yeah, the ones that break your knuckles. Right. I Except those down a ski hill in a concrete and fiberglass tube. And they, they give you a brake system, but it's just cosmetic. <laughs> it's only for the look. And actually, on some of the sleds, the brakes did work. However, it was once described by a former employee that the two speed options that you could go were extremely slow, or you could go the speed of death awaits. So the kayak ride was another cause for a death at the park. What you did for this ride was you paddled a small kayak through the water, and the kayaks were always getting stuck or tipping over. One man fell out of the kayak and then stepped on an exposed wire at the bottom and was electrocuted to death. Slight oversight by Action Park. Just a little bit. Also, two more people were electrocuted, but they were supposedly fine. Were they also in the kayak ride when they got electrocuted? I think it was actually the same ride. Like, this guy was with uh, three people, and they all got electrocuted. Oh, no, three and one. Like, of all the rides to have a electricity hazard, a water-based ride's probably the worst one for it, I'd say. Exposed wires underwater, yes. That's always a bad idea. And the ride was closed shortly after that. Supposedly, they were told about the exposed wire, and they said, nah, there's no wires under there. They drained the whole thing, and then they were like, yeah, we closed There's it. There's lots of wires there. <laughs> they, they, they didn't say that. They are just like, yeah, we were, we were going to close it anyway, so we just closed it. P- 
PR for there's a lot of exposed wires. <laughs> <laughs> there are also super go-karts that were just modified normal go-karts that could reach 50 miles per hour and guests use them as bumper cars. <laughs> those sound pretty fun. I don't know. I kind of want to ride a good those. Time. Sounds like a good time. Sounds like awful for if, if that's in your uh, business. Now, they, they didn't have bumper cars officially. Those were the unofficial bumper cars. <laughs> but they did have bumper boats because that seems like a great idea. I've been, I've been on bumper boats before. It's Supposedly, the environment where Action Park was was not great for the bodies of water they had there because they just put the bumper boats in a small, swampy pond that was full of rocks. Oh. And these bumper boats could also reach 40 to 50 miles per hour. A little Good faster Lord. than the ones I've been on, yeah. Okay, I see. I'm Extreme. starting to see the problem yes. again. <laughs> now, this next ride's a good one. The, this is probably one of the craziest ones. This one is called the Cannonball Loop. So, it was just a normal water slide, just a plain, straight-down, incline water slide. All right. But then at the end, there was a full 360 loop. Oh, no. A loop in a water ride? A loop in, just in a normal water slide. Interesting. That's got to be some high velocity. Well, you see, people often didn't make the full loop <laughs> and they got stuck in the middle of the slide or even at the top. They, they actually had to install a little trap door to get people out of the slide oh, no. when they would get stuck. Just to, like imagine trying to squeeze like a big husky man in this slide. Thinking, yeah, he'll make the loop. Wedging uh, wedging Carl from New Jersey I'm... through the <laughs> trap door at the top of the loop. God. I mean, with all that weight, though, that's got to add speed, right? Like, that's got to... Yeah, I think, like, I the lighter know. people would be the main problem, because they probably can't build up enough speed. That's true. Actually, I think they wouldn't let, like, certain people who were not within a weight range on, but that you can see that didn't help, because people got stuck in there often anyway, enough sure. for them to install a trap door. When people would go around this loop, they'd often come out f just facing the other direction, and they'd come out with bloody noses, or they'd hurt their backs or something. This ride was only open for a month in <laughs> 1985 before it had to be closed, because I think whoever was inspecting it said, yeah, this ride is uh, very unusual, so it's, we can't have it. It's absurdly it, unsafe. And within a month, so many people got stuck in this ride that they had to install a trap door and then subsequently close it. Within a month. Yes. Yeah, within a month. There's people who have ridden this thing and they're proud that they have been on this water slide. I mean, yeah, I've been on it and survived. I survived the water loop. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's a cool idea, but it sounds awful. <laughs> Maybe good on paper, yeah. Uh, even on paper, let's put a loop-de-loop -loop in a water slide. <laughs> that seems a little rough to me. <laughs> even then, right? Even then, yeah. So the tidal wave pool was arguably the most dangerous attraction in the park. It was a 100-foot by 250-foot pool that was 8 feet deep. It could hold up to 1,000 people, and it was always over that capacity. The pool created waves that could be between 3 to 4 feet high. That's decently big for waves, especially in a pool. Eight feet deep, four foot high wave. Who in their right mind? <laughs> hey, I could do it. It sounds fun. It sounds fun, <laughs> but it sounds like just you're asking to get sued. There were 12 lifeguards stationed around this pool, and it wasn't uncommon for them to save up to 30 people a day. So what's that, about 200 people a week? The most exciting lifeguard position. I'm sure. Jesus. They call that extreme lifeguarding. Having Sean and I both been lifeguards for several years. And how many people have you had to save, Dan? N not typically 30 plus people a day. 
hug. I, I could say that too. Have you saved anyone when you were lifeguard? I saved one person who just got their uh, deep uh, deep side band who immediately went onto the high dive and did a belly flop. <sighs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only instance. And they were, you know, out of breath, but they were not dying and they were not drowning under waves. So, so yeah, that's how many years were you lifeguard, Dan? Three years and one three save. Three years and you made one save. <laughs> I was a lifeguard for also three years. I made zero saves. But then, I don't know, maybe maybe I missed saving someone. Maybe someone's dead <laughs> at the bottom of the pool. <laughs> we just haven't found them yet. So over the course of this pool being open, I think it was open for most of the time Action Park was open. Three people drowned and the pool was nicknamed the Grave Pool. Oh, no. That's probably a sign you need to get rid of that attraction. And also, the lifeguards were all teenagers, and most of the patrons who were in the pool just didn't know how to swim. That's a great uh, That's a great reason to go into a water park. That's honestly yeah. the best combination, though. The best place to learn how to swim. In an eight-foot-deep uh, wave pool that gets waves as high as four feet. That's where you go to learn to swim. So lastly, I'll talk about the Tarzan swing. It was just a simple rope swing into a pond below it i guess a lake only that lake was always in the freezing temperatures because it's in an elevated environment in north jersey in a ski hill yes yeah so the lake was the lake was fairly shallow and rocky so people would often just jump in and just land on a rock break their leg or something like that the water was so cold that people could easily go into shock when they jumped in Another death at the park occurred here when someone jumped into the lake from the swing and had a heart attack as a result of the shock from the cold water. There were certainly many more crazy and bizarre attractions at Action Park, but those were all the main ones, and that's all we're going to cover for now. So are all of these deaths happening at the same during the same period of time, or is it one ride and has to get closed, and then the next ride, and then the next ride? So most of these rides were not open the whole time the park was open. Like I said, the Cannonball Loop was opened a month, and it was actually open again in the summer of 95 and 96 before it was closed forever. Right. I think the Alpine Slide was there most of the time, so it was the wave pool. I don't know about the Tarzan Swing. The kayak ride was closed. So yeah, a lot of them came in later in the life of Action Park. So a lot of them closed early on. Right. I just, I want to add, I just looked up Action Park, and it is now named Mountain Creek Water Park, which is the ski hill that Sean and I have regularly skied at. Have we skied there? We have. I even, I took my skiing class in at uh, Montclair State there. And we always went skiing and I always saw the water rides and said to my mom, I want to come here in the summer. And she would always say, no, Dan, it's not safe. <laughs> well, there you go. That's why. You know. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. <laughs> The crazy and precarious attractions at Action Park were only a small part of why the park was, well, the way that it was. The park had numerous other ins and outs that contributed to its notorious reputation. Action Park was actually one of the first water parks in the nation. That meant that most of the rides there were experimental and had never been tested before, such as putting a loop in a water slide. And the designers that they had for their rides were just normal people. People who knew pretty much nothing about physics or engineering. Rides were ultimately just built as cheap as possible and were poorly maintained to maximize the profit. So essentially it would be just like, hey, we got uh, Carl here from New Jersey. He's going to design a water slide for us. This is a very quintessential New Jersey amusement park. 
just a bunch of entrepreneurial guys in Podunk, Northwest New Jersey, <laughs> thinking to themselves, "I'm going to build myself a water slide with a loop in it." <laughs> Why not? Oh, you think you could design a water slide? Yeah, easily. You go at the top and you start it. You stop at the bottom. Yeah, you just get some stuff and you go down it. As for the employees at Action Park, most of them were just teenagers, many of whom received little to no training, and their actions were rarely enforced by their superiors. So these teenage associates were given free reign of the park, and that of course meant that the park was pretty much run by a bunch of teenagers who were drunk or high, or both. Alright. That's what you wanted at an amusement park? Especially a Safety dangerous guards one. who were drunk and high. Speaking of alcohol, it was sold everywhere in the park. And it was more widely available than any other consumable that they offered. <laughs> oh. Both employees and visitors will be drunk, and the drinking age was rarely enforced. I'm seeing a lot of good combinations in this uh, establishment. <laughs> this seems like the place to be. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like, a, sounds like a party. Go out and party on the weekend in between classes and high school. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's kind of what it was. People would go down there during the summertime, go party, have fun. Because they, they were attracted to the mentality that the park had. Just like, hey, you just do whatever you want. You might die. Ah, screw, screw it. it. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> you might die, but we got booze. <laughs> right. You know what? That makes it all worth it. It'll hurt a little less. So since Action Park was so cheap, it attracted many lower class people, many of which did not know how to swim well. With Action Park being a water park poorly maintained, run by teenagers, and full of drunk guests and workers, you can see how that didn't go too well. Since the park advertised and encouraged guests to control their own experiences on the ride, this attracted many people who would often allow their ride experience to get out of hand. I could definitely see Dan being one of those people. <laughs> maybe, maybe back in the day, I'm going to take it to the limit, and I'm going to see how fast I can hit that water slide loop. Just go to Action Park, there's no other park like When it's hot out, this is a great place to spend the day with your family. So lots of big things for little kids to do. I love Action Park because it's so beautiful. It's like coming to Broadway. It's wonderful. Race like a pro. It's great. These are the most amazing rides in the world. I love it here. Now, I'm sure you're wondering how a highly successful amusement park, such as Action Park, with the highest regard for the safety of its patrons and associates, could just go out of business like that. I can't see any good reasons. Yeah, it's, uh, it seems like perfectly a legitimate business. The park faced many lawsuits in its time, and they would actually dispute those lawsuits and win. Huh? It was up to the patrons. They signed their waiver. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. Did they have a waiver to sign? I don't know if they actually had a waiver to sign, but they got out of those lawsuits somehow. A lot of serious injuries and maybe even deaths were left out of the records, supposedly. New Jersey's kind of famous for exaggerating the truth and making up stories. Sweep it under the rug. Dump them in the Pine Barrens. A nearby hospital stated that they treated at least 5 to 10 people on the average busy day from Action Park. Action Park even bought that hospital extra ambulances just to keep up with all the people they were giving them. I can see it was bringing in business, sure. Yeah, no, this is, uh, <laughs> this is just healthy capitalism. I don't see an issue. As for financial issues, the park CEO was responsible for insurance fraud. Also, as insurance prices rose, the park decided just to operate without insurance. Because, you know, that seems like a great idea, especially for a place that has five to ten people in the hospital every day. And then later on, they realized, hey, we do need insurance. Who would have thought? So they bought insurance. And since they were already in debt from not having insurance, and then they bought insurance, now they are in crippling debt. 
Action Park was closed after the 1996 season, stating that they would be open for the next season, but they remained closed indefinitely, until the park was purchased in 1998 by a developer who revamped the park and demolished everything, and he completely redid the water park. The park is now known as Mountain Creek Water Park, and it is nothing like Action Park used to be, with Mountain Creek having received multiple safety awards, I think, as opposed to Action Park's zero safety awards. I don't know, do they make a negative safety award? If they did, I'm sure Action Park would have gotten it. I have to say that Mountain Creek Water Park, while maybe significantly safer than Action Park, is still not the greatest place to spend a weekend with your family. Have you, you have been there. I don't think I've been there. I think just you have been there. We've been skiing there, for sure. I have to look up this I place. I feel like I might, I might have been here. Because right now, Mountain Creek is, it is a ski hill, right? Mm-hmm. And they, I don't know that they open the water park. I don't know if they do anymore. But I know they always have had the, uh, there's one corkscrew water slide that you can go down. Yeah, they kept a couple of the rides and, like, ideas of the rides from Action Park. But they're supposedly safe now. Sure. New Jersey definitely has changed in its, like, legislation and safety restrictions in the time between the, the 80s and when we were coming around. I've got to yeah. say, I definitely hear stories of places that were quite lax, like Action Park, like places in out in the woods, the hidden lakes, that we would not believe the stuff that has gone down. So do you guys, Dan, Kyle, have any final closing thoughts on Action Park? I want to go down this this concrete and fiberglass uh, bobsled ride. <laughs> yeah, I know this place sounds awesome. Like I, I, I totally like hang out there, go f- down some loop water slides. Yeah, if you're drunk, it's safe. Yeah, I'll fracture my femur on a loop de loop water slide. Why not? You know, it's probably good that that place isn't real anymore because <laughs> we would have went there and we would have been the ones that died. I agree. Uh, I no, agree. I, I I would have died on that Tarzan uh, rope. I definitely would have. <laughs> I would have exploded on it. Catch the action with over 50 rides, shows, and attractions at the world's largest participation park, where you and the rides become one. You're just minutes away. There's nothing in the world like Action Park. There was truly nothing in the world like Action Park. Looking back at this infamous amusement park, it seems almost like a fictional place of legend. But people who have experienced it would tell you otherwise. I survived Action Park was a common saying. Almost everyone that has been there is proud to have been able to experience this bizarre place. People were naturally drawn to the dangers and carefree attitude that the park had. You control the action at Action Park. A great slogan for bringing in business, but not a great mentality for ensuring safety. The story of Action Park is like a true crime story. A company using perilous danger as a means of promotion and saving money, alongside supposed death cover-ups, insurance fraud, and questionable escapes from lawsuits. Action Park was certainly a place that was out of the ordinary. This has been the first episode of Out of the Ordinary. That's all we have for today. If you really enjoyed this particular story, I recommend you check out Class Action Park. It is a documentary on HBO about Action Park. I have yet to check it out myself, but I hear it has really great reviews and it seems super interesting. Anyway, 
I hope you enjoyed the show, and I would love to make more. There are certainly a lot more strange and curious stories that we could cover. Maybe we can even revisit this topic and delve further into it for a future episode. I'm completely open to making changes to this show in the future. Maybe if enough people listen to it, I could reach out to you guys in the audience. I'm sure some of you have some out-of-the-ordinary stories to tell yourself. Or maybe you didn't enjoy this episode, and that's okay too, I guess. But I'm assuming if you made it this far, you at least found it to be somewhat interesting. And if you would like to leave us a review, or if you have any suggestions for future episodes, you can send us an email to ootopod at gmail.com. Regardless, I would like to thank my co-hosts, Dan Runyon and Kyle Friedman, for being on the show with me. I would also like to thank Mr. Robert Emmons, my professor who taught me the ins and outs of producing a podcast. And I would especially like to thank you, the audience, for sticking with me until the end here. I have been your host, Sean Bruno. Take care now, and try not to be too out of the ordinary yourself. <laughs>